Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Really pleased to be joined once again by my colleague, UEFA A Licensed Academy Coach Dan Wright. Dan, how are you today? I'm good, thank you mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Great to have you on board for another question and this week it comes from Daniel via Twitter. Daniel's asked, how can I better teach my players to move off the ball in order to dominate possession? Now obviously within the question we don't know the age of the players, so we're going to make some assumptions that they're at least playing seven or nine aside and perhaps given the nature of the question, they understand what possession is. So Dan, what are your initial thoughts around that? Okay, um, I think we want to discuss first why we want to dominate possession. I think uh, you know Leicester winning the, the title last year with less possession than a lot of the, the opponents when they played in their games, I think has maybe challenged some people's thoughts on why is possession good and you know how would it help us. But there is a lot of research out there saying that teams that dominate the ball tend to score more goals and concede few. So that's got to be a positive to win matches. But from a you know a youth point of view, if we're going to develop players, we need to have the ball, we need to touch it more, we need to you know chances for action. Um, to to coach this, I'd probably do it for constraints-based approach. You know, through small-sided games, and you know, they could be really simple, simple task constraints about you know, pass forward and run forward. So it might be every time you pass the ball, you have to run forward, which is artificial, but it gets your movement beyond the ball, and then you get your chance for combinations and overlaps. What are your thoughts on this question? Yeah, couldn't agree more regarding the approach. I think um, you know, just to clarify, the constraints-led approach really is about you know, um, accounting for the environment the task and the player, um, and making sure that these things are accounted for. So we're probably going to talk more particularly about task constraints in terms of getting this outcome. So I think the run forward, pass forward is a great example. And I know that um, our lead researcher, Jimmy Vaughan, when he was playing futsal internationally, this was a constraint that they used a lot in the futsal camps to get rotation happening. Um, so I think that's a really good example. I think you can also look at things like a one-two to score, so combination play. You can look at uh, putting boxes down on the pitch and having players empty fill or rotate through those boxes, maybe in a 4v4 or 5v5 scenario. And I think once you get the concepts of those uh, going, that um, you, you can start talking and, and really getting the language across about empty and fill and rotation, getting the kids understanding what that means and why we do it. So as you said, it might be when a fullback overlaps, it might be uh, a centre back filling in, uh, sorry, a central midfielder filling in when a centre back goes on, or it might be a, a number nine coming short and the 10 going beyond. So just getting the players to understand how they can rotate based on the triggers and movements of their teammates is really important. Um, yeah. I think secondly, you've got positional games. I think that's a really important way to go about getting uh, at least an appreciation of space and holding space. Um, and obviously this is an area we've talked about with the likes of Kieran Smith and Jose Barcala Garcia down there at Deportivo around the importance of positional games and getting players to understand where to be when the ball is in a certain area. So those are, those are my thoughts initially. What about you, mate? Yeah, I think it might be also important to discuss you know, different constraints for different players. So I know this is something that you, you know you've talked about before and had some interviews with some you know some good guys. But do we always put the same constraint on the you know on every single player on the pitch, or would different players have different constraints so we could maybe challenge them in their individual areas? 
I think that's a, that's a really good question. And I think it's about understanding what your outcomes are. Now, if you go into a session, hopefully you're working on an individual approach and you've got players in mind that you're really going to focus on in terms of what they're working on. So in an interview I recently did for PDP with Ben Bartlett, he spoke about the idea of doing one touch or four or more and gave the example of a player who was in the number 10 role and was looking to try and, uh, you know, constantly trying to play backwards. So they said to this particular player, you can only play backwards if you take two touches or more. If you play off one, you have to play forwards. Um, and they were trying to get him basically to open up his body and play off the back foot and, and receive on the half turn. So you can go about that by putting individual constraints on players based on what they need to work on. Mm. And then, you know, that constraint might be different for a centre-back. You know, if you're going to play possession-based football, that would look different for a number five or six to a number 10. So I think it's it's uh, having an understanding that whatever constraint you put on, there's an advantage and a disadvantage. And it might be that, you know, the one rule does not fit for all the players. So like, like you've always said, understand the players and then we can understand our outcomes. And that's, that's half the battle. Um, <clears throat> what have we got in terms of content for this one? There's some good stuff on the site. So obviously we've got a range of practical sessions in the session plan library, which I'd recommend Daniel has a little explore through there. In issue five of the magazine, Mark Upton, who's a bit of an expert in this area, wrote an article called The Perfect Storm, which I'd highly recommend. It's a great way to sort of get your head around the concept of constraints if you're not familiar with it. And then we've also got a webinar discussion with uh, Mark, Al Smith, Jimmy Vaughan and myself discussing the topic of constraints-led approach and uh, I guess the non-linear journey, which sort of ties in nicely between the two ideas. So they would be the um, resources I'd direct Daniel towards. Any final thoughts from you on this one, mate? Yeah, I'm a big fan of video. So, you know, I think this is a really, you know, a really obvious one where you could make, you know, a short video or there's, there's videos on YouTube <clears throat> and just three or four minutes before the session, if you've got an iPad or even, you know, take them in the classroom and just sort of show them what it is that we're trying to emulate rather than always having the voice of the coach saying this is what we're going to do or, you know, walking it through or using a tactics board. I just think video is so powerful here where you could show them a really, really quick video and this is what we're trying to do. Have a little watch of Barcelona or Spain or, you know, you know other teams that like having the ball and like dominating possession. And then before you go out, I think the players will just be inspired to maybe try some of those actions out on the pitch. Fantastic. Well, hopefully we've helped Daniel with uh, his coaching and we wish him all the best. Dan, thanks again for your time today. And we look forward to another PDP Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.